a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so much for being here. Now, before I go into anything else at all, I would like to remind you that on this past Friday's live show, we had three very good guests, uh, two of them just very important for you to understand where things are going. But in the second hour, we had an extended conversation with Ed Brodahl uh, discussing his latest political book. We're talking about The War on Whites, How Hating White People Became the New National Sport. Now, it's an important conversation. It's a conversation that we need to be having right now, and we need to make sure that we're pushing back from this notion that somehow this is a white supremacist idea. Oh, these are just people afraid of the white replacement. No. This is a common sense position where if you want to stop racism, you cannot achieve that by utilizing racism. This isn't a case of fighting fire with fire. And even if it was true that that this was a reasonable means to go about and doing it, all you're actually accomplishing is you're undoing. Carefully listen. Undoing. I say that for the benefit of our leftist 
of friends who might have accidentally come across the show. You're undoing all the work that has been done previously, the, the long, hard path that we have journeyed together in an effort to someday fully uphold the promises of the Declaration of Independence, the concepts of the Constitution, the very premise, the idea of equality. You're undoing all the steps, the hard work we've done along the way. And that's a big part of what's being addressed here. We, during the course of the biggest part of that second hour, barely scratched the surface of what's in the book. So I highly recommend you pick up a copy today. Uh, once again, I will include a link to Amazon in the show description that will let you go pick up a copy. And... Uh, that's just, of course, for those of you who do not yet have one. Now, a couple of quick news notes, uh, stuff that you probably need to know, probably that will be talked about a lot over the course of the next couple of days. Although in strange ways, perhaps, for this first one, because I would say there will probably be a conspiracy or two thrown out there. Uh, that, of course, is the fact that Ted Krasinski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, was found dead in his prison cell, uh, this according to the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and his cause of death not immediately known. So Krasinski was 81 years old now best known for orchestrating a series of bombings over roughly 20 years before finally being caught. He was pronounced dead on Saturday of this week. Uh, well, today being Sunday, June 11th, so that would be on the 10th. But he was pronounced dead on Saturday, where he was found by employees of the North Carolina prison where he was being held. This according to ABC News. Now, uh, just... Important to keep in mind, three people died over the course of his 16 bombings and uh, was discovered after a family member recognized his writings as being similar to the Unabomber's manifesto. So it is one of those things where if you are now too young to remember what's happened, because there's a lot of newer listeners, a lot of younger listeners. And hey, I'm actually kind of glad to see the uh, the groupings of folks that are actually listening to the show uh, starting to include more listeners under the age of 40. Uh, for the longest time, it was 50 and up that uh, represented 80% of the listenership. And I love you guys. Don't want you guys going anywhere. But the fact that suddenly now trending, we're in a demographic where we're getting closer to a 50% uh, listening audience uh, in the uh, group range that goes between 25 uh, to, to 40. Well, that means we're appealing to more people, period. So thank you guys for that. So if you're amongst that lower group and maybe you don't know much about the Unabomber other than maybe having heard about him, it's one of these situations where Krasinski, he mailed or hand-delivered a series of increasingly sophisticated bombs that killed three Americans and injured nearly two dozen more. Along the way, he sowed fear and panic, even threatening to blow up airliners in flight. His first attack was in 1978, but he wasn't arrested until 1996. These different attacks took place across the country. 
Bombings occurred in Illinois, in Utah, in Tennessee, in California, in Washington State, and in Michigan, primarily at universities and on planes. So the Unabomber has passed on. We will probably get more details as time passes as to the cause of death, but being 81 years old and being in prison, that might be enough to be able to believe natural causes. We'll see where the conspiracy corners takes us. <laughs> uh, you know somebody's going to have something clever or unique to say about it. Oh, well, they were going to kill him all along. They just had to wait till the heat died down. Well, they waited a long time, didn't they? All right, another quick news note, a quick hitter, that may or may not mean anything to you. <laughs> even if you do live in the state of Oklahoma. And the fact is that Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stint has officially endorsed one Florida governor, Mr. Ron DeSantis, for president of the United States. This also occurred on Saturday, yesterday, as at the time of the uh, recording of the show. Uh, you know, this happened as DeSantis was campaigning in Oklahoma. The endorsement marks the first endorsement that Ron DeSantis has received from a fellow governor. Now, Trump currently has endorsements from two governors. So, oh no, the lead's been cut in half. And that, of course, being Jim Justice from West Virginia and Henry McAllister of South Carolina. Uh, now, again, these are endorsements that may not mean a whole lot to you, but... As you look at who gives which endorsements and how conservative these folks are, maybe they will start meaning something to you. We'll see. And I mentioned Donald Trump because uh, the breaking news as of Friday is the big reveal, the unsealing of the federal indictment against Donald John Trump. This federal indictment, of course, representing the very first time that a former president of the United States has been criminally charged via federal courts. Now, Donald Trump had previously faced a state indictment from the state of New York. This is a federal indictment, so it's our next step down the road to Banana Republic. That is where we're at now. Now, before I get into... Five key takeaways that you really need to know moving forward that will probably get lost in all of the coverage as the talking heads, the mediators, the commentators, the, you know, people like me uh, get into picking our sides and making our individual cases in regards to this. These five takeaways will probably get lost. So we will talk about that. But before we get started with that, I need to talk to you just a little bit about our friends over for Patriots. Now, 4Patriots.com, of course, is they're designed, they're set forward. They are built on the business model of making sure that you are prepared in the event of an emergency, whether that emergency be a natural disaster, some event of man-caused accident, or worse than that, civil unrest, long-term Man-caused, not-so-accidental stuff. Now, how can you be prepared for such things, you may ask? Well, you can be prepared without having to be a prepper. Not that there's anything wrong with being a prepper, even though there's a lot of folks 
in the left-leaning media that might have you believe there is. But if you're not one and you still want to be prepared, then you need to know a good place to start. Maybe where you need to start, maybe your focus should be survival food kits. Well, for Patriots has got you covered there. In fact, they have some of the most extensive varieties of survival food available from any of the other preparation companies that are out there. Uh, maybe you need to be more focused on making sure that you have electricity, even if the power grid goes out. Uh, say someone in the household is dependent on medical devices to help them breathe through the night or, or something along those lines where electricity is required and where in severe enough cases without electricity, it may mean the difference between life and death overnight. So if you're in one of those situations and you're not that knowledgeable about generators, then you want to make sure that you have something that's easy to use and something that doesn't run on gas because if you're not particularly knowledgeable, you're going to run a high risk of messing up your setup, and then you have to worry about carbon monoxide poison, which can be just as dangerous as not having the electricity in the first place. So they've got solar-powered generators that are capable of fitting your needs. Just take a long look at everything else they've got. They've got water purification, other stuff too. I'm going on far too long, but the, the thing of the matter is there's way so many great things, way too many things they have to offer for me to sneak it all into a 60-second spot. So I run over when I'm talking about them almost every time. I hope you guys don't mind. I just want to emphasize all the great options that you have available over at 4patriot.com. And uh, that's where you need to go to, by the way. The number 4, patriot.com. And while you're there, be sure to... Once you make a decision and you're going to make a purchase, to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, -P, at checkout to save yourself 10%. One last time, that's the number 4, Patriots.com, and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, -P, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off that order. Okay, so, the Trump indictment was unsealed, and like we mentioned on the Friday Night Live show, kind of surprising. Uh, a bit surprising how many counts were actually in it because we were led to believe the indictment would be based on just one or two things. But federal prosecutors officially unsealed their 49-page indictment uh, on Friday that made multiple allegations in charging the former president of the United States. 37 felony counts. 37 felony counts, boys and girls. No trial date's been set as of yet, but the case has been assigned to the U.S. District Judge uh, Cannon, who is actually a Trump appointee, appointed to the Southern District of Florida back in 2020. Trump is scheduled to appear before Cannon on Tuesday of this week. Special Counsel Jack Smith said during a press conference on Friday that the former president will get a speedy trial on this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. Even with a speedy trial, Trump's unprecedented legal challenges are sure to affect his bid for another term in the White House. I mean, whether you like it or not, this is going to shake confidence in the minds of those independents, those 
18% or so folks that have really been the deciding factor in the last three presidential elections for sure. It's not been a case of just <clears throat> so many people voting Republican, winning for the Republicans, or so many people voting Democrat, uh, winning for the Democrats. It's been those, well, we call them independents. I tend to think of them more as continuously undecided. Uh, folks that typically don't pay enough attention to politics to have a true understanding of what is and isn't going on. People who think that someone like myself tends to be a extremist on the side of conservatism, you know, because I love things like the Constitution and individual liberty. Yeah, those things make me extremist. We live in a, a time when such ideas and such notions are so radical, after all. But these same people, they do count on legacy media a lot. But, as we also discussed in the Friday Live show, with uh, the, the idea here is that so many people that are now entering the voting age group that no longer pay any attention to legacy media. That's not how they consume news. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are still consuming news in far less reliable formats like social media, particularly TikTok at the moment. Can you imagine TikTok being your primary source of information? What can we expect from these people? I like the idea, though, that they're talking about a speedy trial because here's the thing. Ordinarily, the reason why a defendant would like to have a speedy trial is because it shortens the amount of time that the state has to make its case. They have far less time to find important, damning evidence, which is why you're supposed to, you know, build your case first before you even take it to this point. They think they have, but of course they think they have. This isn't exactly a speedy trial. They've been building this case, uh, the case against Trump, since they first found out that he was serious about running and he was deciding to run as a Republican. What has failed to be consistent is the fact that uh, they're kind of like a really bad pasta chef. You know, how does a bad pasta chef uh, determine if the noodles are ready? Well, you throw it against the wall and you see if it'll stick. And that's kind of the same deal that we've got going on. They've literally thrown everything at Donald Trump. And to this point, he has been Teflon, legitimately Teflon, because they can't make anything stick because they're making most of it up. And they've known they're making most of it up. That's why the Russian uh, PP tape hoax went nowhere. And that's why they've had such a hard time trying to get anything on the impeachment levels to go down. Oh, well, you know, you made this uh, quid pro quo phone call to Ukraine. And they're even trying to twist the meanings of his statements. They have had a field day off the fact that Donald Trump is bombastic and he is not a precise communicator. He speaks in exaggerations and hyperbole a lot. Sometimes... It's to the point that it's obvious that what he's saying isn't true in a direct context. And I say sometimes because sometimes he's so into the hyperbole, he's trying to make a humorous point. It's called comedy. And Donald Trump is a very funny guy. I, anybody that can just sit back and listen to him 
and, and be unbiased has no option but to at least occasionally release a chuckle because it's the case. But the fact that he is that imprecise communicator, that he speaks in exaggeration and in hyperbole, has led a lot of people to just flat out call him a liar over and over and over again. Now, I will point out, he has said some things so far in this primary campaign against Ron DeSantis that are flat out untrue. Not as many as the DeSantis camp would like to have you believe, but some of the things he said are just flat out untrue. And he did that also uh, when he was in the primary race when he first ran, uh, making statements in regards to Marco Rubio and uh, to Ted Cruz. He said a lot of things that were true. He mixed in just a little bit here and there. And then he said some things that were just flat out untrue, mostly attacking family members and the Trump camp has been attacking family members there, too. But that's not the point of what we're talking about here. So I'm going to show some journalistic integrity and also a little bit of discipline and get back to the primary story here. Let's get back to the focus of what we're talking about. Speedy trial is not exactly a speedy trial in this case. It's just they've taken their time and they think they've been able to handpick where they need to be and who they need to get this in front of. Now the clock is ticking for Trump to come up with a good defense. So yes, they'd very much like this to be speedy. Or at the very least, they'd like it to be the Trump lawyers that have to file motions to postpone and delay. So even with a speedy trial, this unprecedented legal challenge, it, it is going to shake the confidence in the ability to stay in the race and to win. And we'll talk about his determination to stay in the race here in a little bit. But his ability to even just stay in the race or to be deemed ineligible to hold office if he's convicted on any of the myriad of cases that are coming down the line, uh, this, he's very likely to beat it anyway because there's so much that's just off the rails. That's not the point. Uh, the big thing I think he's going to have the biggest obstacle about is the effort to overturn the election, as they say, in Georgia. That particular trial, again, they're taking the things he said. They're trying to twist its meaning because they know how he communicates. They know when the guy's saying, look, I know, we know, we all know, everyone in this room knows that shenanigans occurred, especially in Atlanta. We all know that I actually won. So go find me the correct votes. Find me that specific number that I need to be declared the winner. Go find them. Do your job. Now, he was legitimately telling them to go do their jobs. He does legitimately believe, and I'm not certain he's wrong, that the shenanigans that took place in Georgia was significant enough to turn, to change, to upend the official should have been results. The actual will of the voters of the state of Georgia was supplanted. I feel pretty comfortable making that statement, despite who may want to silence me next for having said it. And you know Donald Trump genuinely, honestly believed that to be the case too. His statement was point blank. We all know I won. Go find the votes to prove it. He didn't say, go create votes. He didn't say, go manufacture 
fake ballots. He said, go find the votes, as in legally cast, but currently not counted votes. But he wasn't precise enough in the statement, and they're twisting it, and they're trying to make it sound like he's some gangster mobster that was trying to strong-arm these elected officials. You need me. I'm Donald Trump. That's what they want you to think about, his ego, his image, and how he portrayed that. And because, because they've been so successful at getting people to believe that that is Donald Trump, that the, the orange man who's bad, you know, the man who walks down the street and kicks puppies, the man that eats babies in private with a little bit of orange sauce, you know, the way most of you like your uh, Peking duck, uh, you know, going around finding the climate and just committing acts of abortion. They have a ton of people believing that. So that's the one he's going to have the most trouble beating, I think, as far as what we see right now. But it's not about it. they're just trying to shake the confidence. They're trying to paint this picture that Donald Trump is just such a bad guy that this is just more of the same. It's not us bending over backwards, wasting taxpayer dollars, wasting your energy and effort to try and stop one of our political opponents. No, no, it's him being so terrible, so very bad that we have to protect you from him. That's what they want you to believe. And unfortunately, we know this tactic will work on at least a percentage of those undeclared, undecided independents. And that's really the margins, the margins that are necessary to be the difference between winning or losing the next presidential election. That's what this is about. So yes, these unprecedented challenges, we are in a time of banana republicanism, and we've got to take our republic back. But, but, we also have to keep in mind that this is a concerted effort. This is also about the trial in New York where the Manhattan District Attorney secured an indictment for allegedly falsifying business records, not related to the presidency, but in the time before. He also faces a separate federal criminal investigation from Special Counsel Smith over his alleged efforts to overturn that 2020 election, uh, specifically the Georgia situation. Faces the criminal investigation, like I already mentioned, at the state level in Georgia. All those things are all designed for one result. They're trying to make him damaged goods, but they don't want him out of the race. They don't want him out of the Republican primary. They want him to be the Republican nominee because they managed to win an election in their minds, even though they may have used various means that are less than honorable to achieve said win. They managed to win an election with a guy who's already three-quarters brain-dead. Ran his campaign from a basement, and probably should be in that basement right now, because it's not safe for him to walk around. Gonna fall again. We know it's gonna happen. Getting dangerously, more and more dangerously close to becoming the first president to break a hip while in office. This is where he's at. But this... It has to do with classified materials, right? Okay, so the number one takeaway that you need to keep in mind of five takeaways that we're going to talk about uh, before we uh, slide to the mid-hour break. So we may run a little long. That's the fun part of the Sunday show. 
Since it's not being rebroadcast, we can do it, and we're already close to the mid-hour point. So I can guarantee you we're going to run long, but we're going to do this before we take that break. The number one takeaway here of five, and they're not in particular order of import, but it's important to know. The contents of classified materials recovered throughout the course of the investigation. That's what you need to focus on when you talk about classified materials. The indictment says, quoting now, the classified documents Trump stored in his boxes included information regarding defense and weapons capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries, United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack, and plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. Okay, so the former president allegedly had in his possession classified documents from the CIA, classified documents from the Department of Defense, from the National Security Agency, from the National, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Geospatial Intelligence Agency, from the National Reconnaissance Office, the Department of Energy and from the Department of State and Bureau of Intelligence and Research. So, this is their claim. What is the actual nature of this classified information that they have? This we don't know because we're not going to be allowed to see it. We're not going to be permitted to see classified documents. And uh, truthfully... If they're legitimately classified and they legitimately hold some of this intelligence, then we probably shouldn't see them. But I would like to point out that oftentimes there are documents that are marked as classified that are classified at a point, And then once a thing occurs, something that changes the stage, something that changes the circumstance, something that makes that document uh, somehow irrelevant, perhaps having become obsolete, whatever that situation may be, then those clearly marked classified documents are no longer classified. And you can say the very things they said in this indictment about anything like that, a potential response to retaliation. And we can presume they're probably talking here uh, something to do with Kim Jong-un because we're talking about during the Trump administration, therefore we're not talking about Russia and aggression. Russia wasn't being particularly aggressive. The left wants to tell you because Putin and Trump were friends. I'll tell you it's because Trump had Putin understanding that they were both alphas. And you don't cross with another alpha if you don't have to. Biden is not an alpha. The closest Biden gets to being an alpha is when he's in the middle of a speech and gets angry talking about Ultra Muga Maga Mega Maga Maga people. He gets very, very angry uh, about uh, the fact that there seems to be women in the uh, Blue Angels also. Uh, <coughs> I don't know. Uh, he, he's so angry he had to whisper about it. Three of them are women. <laughs> now, of course, I'm referencing his commencement address at the Air Force Academy where he got sandbagged, everybody. Uh, another story altogether, but 
And I, I mentioned before, we've used this example. I think it's a great example to use to make the point about how something becomes an obsolete classification, that technically it's no longer classified as soon as we use the example of a presidential motorcade travel path. Uh, it is classified. Uh, up until the time that the trip has been completed. They do that for security reasons, and they keep it classified. No, nobody uh, has the right to access it outside of the Secret Service agents that are required to provide security for it, but it remains classified. But as soon as that trip has been completed, it's no longer classified. It doesn't change the markings on the documents that were used in laying out the plans. And, and the security and everything. All of that is a prime example of the kind of thing that uh, could be described exactly how it's described in this indictment and it not be classified any longer, even if Donald Trump, who actually did have the power of president to declassify all of it, even if he didn't actually declassify, he wouldn't have to declassify some of these things. And unless we can see them, we don't know if this falls into that category or if it's something more serious. And we won't ever get the chance to know, no matter what happens, because they're not going to let uh, – they're not going to let us know, period. Second major takeaway here, uh, Trump allegedly showed members of the media classified material in a recorded interview in which he acknowledged that the material was still classified. Now – this gets a little trickier, and I think to the way Donald Trump communicates also gets in his way here. This is probably the most serious of the allegations because there does seem to be supporting evidence that he acknowledged some of this wasn't classified and that he – some of this was classified and that he had not declassified. The indictment states that in July of 2021 – the Trump National Golf Club, uh, the one in New Jersey, the Bedminster Club, as it's often referred to, uh, during an audio recorded meeting with a writer, a publisher, and two members of his staff, none of whom possessed the security clearance, and that's part of where things get trickier still for Donald Trump, the Donald, the orange man who's bad, supposedly showed and described a, quote, plan of attack that Trump said was prepared for him by the Department of Defense and a senior military official. Trump told the individuals that the plan was highly confidential and secret. And Trump also said, as president, I could have declassified it, and now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. So that is a acknowledgment that he failed or forgot to declassify it while he was president. But the other thing, the other aspect here, if you hear the whole tape, and the audio tape's readily available, I'd be surprised at this point if if you're a regular listener of this show that you're not enough of a political junkie that you haven't already heard it. But if you hear the entire thing, he explains the reason why he kept it and the reason he's showing it to these people is because it provides evidence of things that he was being accused of by legacy media, by swamp-dwelling Democrats and swamp-dwelling Republicans. It shows 
it's physical evidence that a lot of the things that they were accusing him of, saying that he was doing, was actually the actions of someone else that was advising him and that he was trying to hold the line against a lot of it. One of the primary reasons why a lot of these documents that he wanted to keep, there were two reasons, two reasons he kept documents that ordinarily would have just been left in, or simply surrendered over to the National Archives. Number one, a lot of them were mementos, things that he just liked. It's like, hmm, here's a letter from Kim Jong-un. I, I, I like that guy. He likes me. I want to be able to show the world that an American president can get along with a, a North Korean dictator, and that that could be a first step towards actual achieving uh, a meaningful, lasting relationship that's no longer adversarial. I want to show that I was able to bridge a gap that other people couldn't. It was huge. And people need to know that I, Donald Trump, was able to do this. They'll never know if I just leave this to the archives. A lot of these documents that he kept, documents like that, are documents that should end up in the Trump presidential library, too. So a lot of these documents could have simply been redacted to meet the requirements to no longer be con a concern on a national security level. The documents he had were not, but they could have been. But they also could have just as easily been declassified, and that's going to be the hard part they have proving. Now, the other reason is that second reason he wanted to keep a lot of these documents, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. He knew. He believes in his heart of heart. He knows in that Trumpian brain of his that if these documents were left in the hands of the swamp, these documents that in fact do prove that a lot of the accusations made and directed at him that were actually the actions of others would simply disappear. And then it would be the words of Trump who they all have tried to make you believe is a liar against them, who you all know is a liar as well, but uh, they're official liars, so they get to write the histories, right? That's why they get to make certain documents of history disappear, because it comes in conflict with the history that they want written, and so it must end. So he kept this particular document that he was showing to prove that he was not the brainchild behind this little attack. So a few months later, the former president is then accused of showing a representative of his political action committee a classified map related to a military operation and told the representative that he should not be showing it to the representative and that the representative should not get too close. Now, again, this is more of a hearsay. There's not any documentation, uh, any audio evidence. A and again, that audio evidence is very damning. It is. But we still have to question its authenticity, quite honestly, because how many deep fakes have you heard at this point that are so unbelievably realistic? AI has taken us to a point where not only audio can be faked remarkably well, but you could actually have done an audio video. But the video is still a little easier to debunk. The audio alone, 
very difficult to debunk. But that's the age we're in now. We'll see where things play out with that. Uh, the third takeaway of the five that you need to be always cognitive, always in the front of your mind when you're discussing this topic. Trump had a co-conspirator who was also charged in connection with the alleged crimes. That's right. Someone has been charged with a conspiracy in order for them to add additional charges to Trump. That's the only reason they've done this. Prosecutors charged, uh, charged, prosecutors charged a Walton Norto, Norto, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but charged this guy with conspiracy to obstruct justice, charged him with withholding a document or record, and corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, and scheme to conceal, and false statements and representations. Now, the reason they charge this guy is because you have to have at least two people in order to have a conspiracy. It can't be criminal conspiracy if you're just all by yourself. This guy moved some documents around. This guy worked for Donald Trump. Donald Trump says, here, here's a box. I need you to take it somewhere else. Where would you like me to take it, sir? To take it to this place, wherever. And that's what happened. The guy moved a box. There's no, and not even in the indictment, no real notion that this guy had an idea of what's in the box. Now, maybe it'll come out later. Maybe they'll make those accusations. I think they're going to kind of have to at some point, because how do you prove conspiracy? Because you moved a box. You can't, but they're not concerned about proving the conspiracy at this point. At this point, we're still at the stage where the process is the punishment. Having to go and defend yourself in court, having to look like a criminal, having to get the word espionage thrown around, despite the fact that I guarantee you a locked closet in Mar-a-Lago is way, way safer than a locked garage that Hunter Biden has access to. And it's most definitely safer than a private server at Hillary Clinton's uh, <laughs> private residence. And I will go even further than that, as many of those emails ended up on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Definitely, definitely safer than Anthony Weiner's laptop. They charged this guy. He was a member of the United States Navy, stationed as a valet in the White House while Trump was in office. And in August of 2021, he became Trump's executive assistant and served as Trump's personal aide, a.k.a. body man. And this is acknowledged in the indictment. He moved some boxes because Donald Trump said, hey, can you move these boxes? That makes this a conspiracy. No, it doesn't. But they have to have some excuse to throw in the conspiracy charges because conspiracy sounds way scarier than moved some boxes. Ooh, it's a conspiracy. All right, the fourth point, and I'm 
I'm not gonna go faster just because I'm past the time light. So this this is too important to do that. So I'll try to make it up a little later, maybe. But point number four, always front of your mind when we're talking about this. Prosecutors say they say that Trump committed five specific examples of trying to obstruct the investigation. So that means they get to make five different charges based on the same supposed crime. This is how they do their overcharging bit. Same way that they're desperate to throw conspiracy in, they're looking to try and throw everything against the wall, hoping maybe one thing will stick, but again, they don't really care because the process is the punishment. The indictment says that Trump endeavored I'm quoting here now, endeavored to obstruct the FBI and grand jury investigation and conceal his continued retention of classified documents by, among other things, number one, suggesting that his attorney falsely represent to the FBI and grand jury that Trump did not have documents called for by the grand jury subpoena. All right, I'm going to stop there. Pause. Wait a second. Um, how do you know that the Donald suggested to his attorney? It isn't their attorney pri- uh, client privilege here. Isn't isn't the only way that you could have found this out is either a uh, it has uh, attorney client privilege has been waived. By the client, the attorney doesn't have the legal right to waive it. Only the client can. But the attorney would have had to reveal this because there's no way Donald Trump's going to say, hey, yeah, by the way, uh, feel free to, to tell them everything we discussed. Because Trump is a, it's the kind of guy that he goes into this mindset where when you're having a meeting and you're just discussing ideas, you literally throw out anything that comes to mind. We saw that. Uh, during COVID, we saw that when he talked about uh, trying to get bleach into your system and, and all this other stuff. How do we go about doing these things? He's just talking out loud, hoping to accidentally stumble on something. That's his process. And I'm sure if you've been around the block a few times, you probably know a few other people that that's the process. And you know, they're just throwing out ideas to try to help the other people around them feel safe enough to say things that they think might sound dumb, but it's okay to say it because sometimes something you think is dumb really isn't. That's his process. It's not a bad process, but you just say some things sometimes. And, and there's a reason why Donald Trump hires lawyers because he's not one. But I tell you who is a lawyer? Whoever ends up representing him in this case, and they're going to have to be asking this question, excuse me, of how do they even know that he suggested to his attorney that they tell the FBI, oh, no, that's it. We've turned them all over. We don't have any more. Because that's what that accusation is. All right. Uh, The next thing he supposedly did, uh, item number two, uh, directing defendants. Waltering, the co-conspirator, directing him to move boxes of documents to conceal them from Trump's attorney and the FBI and the grand jury. 
because Trump's attorney would have to turn them over. Trump's attorney said I would turn them over. Trump's attorney probably said we are absolutely positively not hiding anything from the FBI because that's what Trump's attorney should be telling him. That would be the good legal advice under a majority of actual legal circumstances. Perhaps not so much if you're Donald Trump and they're clearly the Biden Department of Justice is coming for you. Uh, but uh, again, they're actually acknowledging that they directed his co-conspirator to move boxes. Now, did he actually say, okay, these boxes are full of classified documents I'm not supposed to have? I guarantee you he didn't tell the co-conspirator that as a uh, as a retired member of the military he takes that oath to the constitution very seriously way more seriously than the folks over at the FBI are taking right now leadership uh, the ones that are involved in this ridiculous banana republic bovine excrement but uh, Again, they directed his co-conspirator to move boxes. The boxes just happened to, to have documents, but we need to conceal them. He also, uh, his third separate specific crime, which gets an extra count, suggesting that his attorney hide or destroy documents called for by the grand jury subpoena. Again, did he actually do this? If he actually did it, then there's a crime. Asking his attorney, can we just do that? That's not a crime. It's only a crime if he does it. It's only a crime if his attorney says, yes, let's go along with it. Or if his attorney says, no, we absolutely can't do that. And then he goes and does it anyway. Both of those would be crimes. But just asking the question, can we do this? That's not a crime, especially when you go back and look at the chance of lock her up. That came from the fact that Hillary Rodham Clinton did something far worse. She exposed who knows what to every foreign national out there operating as Secretary of State because she was using a private server in her private residence that was almost assuredly hacked based on James Comey's testimony alone. Plenty of other evidence, but considering that he was an ally of the Clintons and he admitted it publicly, I don't think you need much more evidence, but there's plenty of it out there. Bottom line is we really don't know what all was on there. We do know that the real reason for trying to protect that has nothing at all to do with Hillary Clinton. has everything to do with protecting Barack Obama. Because Barack Obama greenlit the use. He had to. He was aware of it. They made the big deal about making sure that his BlackBerry was, was protected. So it had to get the email address that was being used on that private server uh, whitelisted. Had to be able to go back and forth. They sent emails back and forth, but the reason they don't want you to know that is because then that leads into the question of exactly how corrupt was Obama. And Obama is still like their freaking messiah for the Democratic Party. He is their leader of the modern age. Fourth thing that he did to get a, a, another charge, 
provided to the FBI and the grand jury just some of the documents called for by the grand jury subpoena while claiming that he was cooperating fully. Well, is that criminal? And don't get me wrong, I, I know that if you're ignoring a subpoena, technically that is criminal. But you can claim, and they make the statement that he was claiming he was cooperating fully. If you still have a legitimate legal argument ongoing with the National Archives about whether or not those documents can remain in your possession or they have to be turned over, then you can hang on to some of those documents and still be claiming to co be cooperating fully because you're litigating the rest of what's ongoing. And there was a, a movement towards litigation at the point that this occurred. Now, the fifth thing they mentioned, causing a certification to be submitted to the FBI and grand jury, falsely representing that all documents called for by the grand jury subpoena had been produced, while knowing that, in fact, not all such documents had been produced. Now, that's, if you say you turned everything over that's called for in the subpoena, you might still have, again, that very same legal argument that we were talking about just before. If you were in the middle of a legal fight over the documents you still had, then by rights, you have fully cooperated. By rights, you have done everything else that you're supposed to do, and you are moving towards litigation, a legal solution, because you can't come to an actual solution. The National Archives doesn't have the authority to just flat out say, excuse me, Mr. President, uh, now that you're no longer president, just give us whatever the hell we ask for. No part of our government has that power. No part of our government has that authority. Period. Write your subpoenas. Get your court orders. Get your search warrants. Go through the process. But even then, you're still only required to cooperate so far as what they are demanding is actually legal in compliance with the Constitution. That's where a lot of people get in trouble. They either overestimate the sovereign citizen defense or they underestimate what their actual legal authority is. Now, the fifth point is that three of Trump's lawyers are now witnesses in the case. The left is going to try to convince you that that is a good thing. The left is going to try to convince you that these people had the inside information. I'm going to again remind you that the client privilege interaction is a thing that should get these people disbarred if they're violating it. should be the end of their career. Even if Trump is guilty of everything he's being accused of, Trump has the right to talk whatever needs to be said in order to get the best possible defense. That's how our system's set up. Now, I'm not a big fan of protecting the guilty. And don't try to twist what I'm saying here. I know somebody will. It's inevitable. But at the end of the day, they're going to want every one of these tricks present to help protect 
their boy Obama if any of this ever does finally end up blowing in his direction, which every freaking arrow from Hillary Clinton and every crime with Biden ongoing points directly at Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama. Every bit of it. How is it that uh, Joe Biden was in a position to receive bribes from Burisma? Because Joe Biden said, okay, Joe, you can have your grant. You don't think Barack Obama was aware of what the majority of the Democratic Party had been using Ukraine for for decades at that point? It's a little washing machine slash piggy bank. Launder that cash. Put it back in my pocket. And the so-called current war effort is little more than just more hardcore money laundering so that these people in a position of authority can take American taxpayer dollars wash it through the war effort, and put it back in their own pockets. Anyway, the indictment makes mentions of three of Donald Trump's attorneys at the time who are witnesses in the case. They mention them uh, by numerical values rather than by name. Trump attorney one, Trump attorney two, and Trump attorney three. Conservative attorney Martha Medivin said that she has, quote, never seen anything like that in a criminal case. You know why? Because attorneys aren't legally permitted to do that. She went on saying, quote, and Trump's New York lawyer, Cohen, is reportedly a witness against him in New York. All of his criminal cases share that in common. All of his criminal cases have lawyers violating attorney-client privilege. Trump's New York lawyer, Cohen, is reportedly a witness against Donald Trump in New York. You know, the guy who went to jail, the guy who's been proven to be a bad attorney and who probably deserved to go to jail because he certainly wasn't doing this stuff just with Donald Trump. It's astounding when you think about it. Kind of scary, really. All right, we have definitely run way past the mid-hour point. In fact, we went the entire hour. We still need to take that break. Uh, So what we'll do is instead of doing the mid-hour break, we will just do the normal mid-hour break as a reset going into hour number two, which means I'm going to have to go do our uh, sponsor list real quick before we uh, take that normal break. So let me start with what will be the last time we talk about Gold Co. Uh, This is the last time they'll be mentioned here unless they contact me uh, in between now and uh, the next broadcast. If they do that, hey, good for them. But uh, this is what they've uh, bought and paid for and gave them a little uh, bonus here. Now, even though the relationship with this show as being a sponsor has officially come to an end as of today, I still believe that they are going to be... uh, great assistance to you in trying to protect your wealth, especially going into retirement from the Biden administration and the damage that's going to be done and the prolonged depths that's going to take us to recover from the damage that was done once we start finally moving in a different direction. Now, Gold Co. primarily focuses on converting your IRAs into gold and silver. Uh, these gold and silver retirement count accounts 
are still relatively new, but they've been around for a while. They now have a proven track record, and Gold Co. absolutely one of the best at it. So what I would ask you to do, and this will be the last time I'm asking you, give them a call to get your free wealth protection kit. All you have to do is call 855-387-2932. You do that, you'll learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals. The signs are all around us. More banks are poised to collapse. They're trying to pretend like it's not happening. Don't let it catch you unaware. Maybe Gold Co. isn't the way you want to go. Maybe you want a more direct purchase of gold and silver. They do have those options available too, but their focus is in protecting your retirement. And if you're in that position, this is the last time I can ask you, please don't put off making that call anymore. Worst case scenario, you just have more information. And knowing the information is the first step towards being prepared. So one more time, that number is 855-387-2932. There will be a link in the show description. This will be the last time. Uh, the show description links, uh, if you go back into the archives, they should still be active for a while. If it's expired, then you can just look up goldco.com. It'll work just as well. Uh, the number here is currently associated only with this show. I'm sure they will reassign it to someone else. I, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to get credit for it anymore. It doesn't matter. They've already decided to move on. But this is something that I really think can help you as we move forward and face the Biden economy together. All right. Also, <clears throat> Excuse me. Need to talk to you about uh, Vanish Holsters. As you know, the fastest way to become a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. The quickest way to become a victim of crime is to not have your handgun on you when you need it. One of the mistakes that gun owners like I myself have made in the past is we will select a holster that is so uncomfortable that we just stop carrying. That puts us at a tremendous disadvantage when the time arrives. When the time comes that we have to defend ourselves, defend our family, defend our neighbors, or even just defend our property, we have that right, no matter what the folks on the left might tell you. If we're already at that disadvantage, man, what was the point? Well, that's one of the reasons why Vanish Holsters is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the world. They have thousands of customers that will swear to you that it is the most comfortable holster ever. And that if you get yourself a Vanish holster, you will never stop carrying. That's a pretty big statement there. Helps to save money as well because it's designed to fit 99% of semi-auto handguns. And there's a good number of non-semi-autos that will fit as well. It's designed to work without a tactical belt, so there's no hidden added expense that comes with a lot of other holsters. And it's also designed to let you carry in multiple positions. Therefore, you can find the position that works best for you. And the best way to go about visiting our friends with Vanish Holster, who have renewed for a year, uh, you guys pulled it out there at the end. Thank you so much for that. Visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. By going to that specific site, 
you also activate a $50 discount if you decide to go ahead and make a purchase. Even if all you do is get a uh, extender. Uh, ten, uh, this discount is a pretty good deal. You get 50 bucks off. You're doing good. All right. So with that being said, I do have one more new uh, sponsor that I need to hit on before we take that break. Man, oh man, I can't believe it. We have another sponsor, and I'm so very happy to be able to say that we are expanding the sponsorship roles. In fact, if we get, I'm thinking maybe maybe one more sponsor means that I just have to do a new show and start rotating uh, which sponsors we discuss on each show. And we may be there soon, so I'm really, really pleased with that. But anyway, uh, if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or your swollen, achy joints, and man, that last one gets me quite a bit, then I have something that you really should take a look at here. It is an Antarctic krill supplement, and it could help put an end to all three of those issues. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, shown to support circulation, and that circulation also means it's helping your brain health, as well as reduce inflammation and swelling and uh, joint pain. And there's no better time to try it. Just go visit FixSwollenFeet.com. Strange website, I know, but <coughs> it is directly linked here. And that is one of those problem areas that uh, they've got a lot of clinical data that supports their assistance to help you just go to fix f i x s w o l l e n f e e t dot com fix swollen feet and you go to that website right now you will get 58% off the native path antarctic krill so it's Native Path is the name of the company. They've got an Antarctic krill a supplement that is working really well. This krill oil is pure, effective, and easily absorbed by the body. It contains a potent antioxidant that helps further reduce inflation and swelling. And for a limited time, you can go grab the Native Path Antarctic krill oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. One more time. That's www.fixswollenfeet.com. I'm never going to get over that. That's just too funny. Fix Swollen Feet. Uh, it's going to fix a lot more than that. Uh, it, I promise you, I'm actually using it and I've I've already got some improvement. I got I've only had my sample for a couple of days now, and I'm already noticing a, a difference. And if it continues like that, man, oh man, it's good stuff. All right, let's let's reset the hour now that we're almost seven minutes in, and we'll come right back, starting with sponsors again. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> I'll be right back. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the you know the thing. The lion dog face pony soldier. I got hairy legs. 
Have you ever noticed the more junk food and other unhealthy items people consume, the more negatively controlled they are? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Many black Americans have proportionately consumed more junk and fast food than any other major group of Americans. It is my opinion, if you constantly eat nutritionally bad food, it negatively affects every other aspect of your daily life and makes you more easily controlled by negative forces in media, government, and less able to discern or even care about trying to live or encourage others to live a morally principled and upwardly mobile lifestyle. I believe that if certain powerful elitists in government and elsewhere working to fundamentally transform America into a land of controlled, useful idiots, if they succeed, they will not only continue to indoctrinate young students in government schools, but will try to snare everyone through unhealthy government-approved food and water supplies, which they believe will make everyone more accepting of an extreme leftist, anti-good, anti-clean, and anti-God society, preventing everyone from achieving their highest potential. Thus, the self-destruction of America would be achieved. I'm Ron Edwards. Get you all the fried chicken in the world. Bye now. Beanstalks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds. The hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, 
we sourced the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. The way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Yeah, yeah. Tangible yeah. shoppers, tangible yeah. shoppers. Yeah. yeah, There's a cleanup yeah. on every aisle. Yeah, Target yeah. is targeting yeah. your kids. Yeah. They put a target on my back, back, but they're targeting your kids. Okay. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bed. Yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target kids, target, target, yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target you know kids. targets that wrong, trying to play with these kids, it's the mayor of Megaville, I'm preaching again, you know the LGBTQ don't went too far, you know they cutting these kids, they leaving trannies with scars. Pushing agenda, promoting sexual genders. I'm only rocking with Bruce, don't rock with no Caitlyn Jenner. You think that gay shit gon' get you paid? Yeah, we gon' see. It's my alarm, it's one, it's one, it's one, it's baby. They put a target on my back, but they're targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my best. This agenda gotta stop, yeah, you know we gonna win when they target, target, yeah, they target and target. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, they are targeting the kids. I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I really do dig that particular song. Uh, as far as rap's concerned, you just, you can't, you can't find that level of truth uh, in the rap game these days very, very easily because so much of the rap game is caught up in trying to push uh, the leftist agenda and they're they're all on board because you know they refuse to leave the intellectual plantation uh, of the left and it's sad it's very very sad i i hate it uh and you know that's that's where we're at though what are you gonna do uh you know call it out that's all we can do we have to call it out and that's what I do here. Speaking of Target and uh, people calling them out, evidently uh, saw reports earlier that uh, KitchenAid, 
the uh, brand, the American Icon brand, uh, has officially said that they're pulling all their products out of Target stores. So, hey, uh, good for them. Uh, their statement is that they simply do not share the same values. All right. Initially, I really thought I was going to be able to get this story in in the first hour as well because they kind of go together with those five major takeaways, the things that always keep in the front of your mind no matter where we're going when we discuss the federal indictment against Donald Trump. But I'm still going to talk about it. Here we go. And, uh, you know, hang on. We're probably headed for overtime to again today. But it's Sunday. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, former president. I've noticed more and more people insist on saying former now. So I'm saying it sarcastically because we're still supposed to call Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton. We're still supposed to call Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama, President Obama, uh, even though former president is a more accurate thing. And that's usually something that I tend to have been doing all along. It's not a sign of disrespect, but to continue to refer to someone as being president when they are no longer president seems to be overly honoring the person instead of respecting the office, right? But suddenly for Donald Trump, everybody's on board with the former president bit somehow now acknowledging that maybe I was right all along when I said you're talking too much about the individual and not enough about the office, and it's the office we're supposed to respect. The individuals have to earn that respect. But anyway, a former kicker of puppies, Donald John Trump, vowed over the course of this weekend that he will in fact never drop out of the 2024 presidential race, even if he's convicted on any of the criminal charges that he currently faces in multiple investigations. Now, I'm not real sure how that really stacks up, though. Uh, I mean, the Donald has to keep in mind that if he's convicted of a felony crime, he's not eligible to hold the office. So what's the point of keep running? Yeah, you can appeal, you can fight, you can whatever, but you're not going to get through your legal fights until well after the election is over. So at that point... Keep your powder dry, Donald, and get behind another candidate if that's what happens. Because that's what needs to ha happen for the best interest of the country. Put your ego aside. And I, I really do like the first administration under Donald John Trump. I really did. Not the administration itself, but how things worked. He did a lot of good. A lot of things that we were told could never happen. A lot of things that we were told would take decades and decades to repair, he did in a short amount of time, and there was still a lot more things he needed to do. I would not be opposed to a second term of office for Don John Trump. I wouldn't. Don John, uh, the Donald, uh, the orange man who's bad, however you want to refer to him, he made for a good president, even if he didn't like his personal foibles. Policy was outstanding. It wasn't all him. It had a lot to do with the people around him. He had a lot of bad people around him, but he had some good people around him too, and they did good work. 
Period. Somebody needs to tell him that at some point, though, you have to put your own ego aside. This will not be your last chance to run, although it may very well be. But there does come a point where if you are convicted of one of these things, then you're not going to be eligible to hold the office. So what's the point of winning an election if you can't legally hold the office? They're not going to let you do it. Well, I'm not saying don't fight. Fight it hard now. Keep from being convicted. Because, I again, almost all of this feels trumped up. I think there's still enough honest judges that at some point, even if you do get convicted initially, that you're going to win on appeal. You're going to get it overturned. You're going you're gonna to come out on top of this at the end. But if they pull that level of shenanigan, what happens to this country? How much further into a constitutional crisis do you throw us if you're convicted but you refuse to step aside? At some point, you've got to understand what's best for the country has to come first. I know it's an argument that a lot of us really don't get. We, we want to put our own personal best interest ahead of the country as a whole. It's human nature. It's difficult <clears throat> for an individual to look at the situation and see that, oh, well, that's going to hurt me. And it's going to be maybe it's some short-term pain. Uh, Maybe it's just a tiny bit of long-term pain with a bigger payoff at the far end. I don't want to go through the pain. Uh, So if you just do this, I'm okay. And it's not going to affect me at all when you finally have to do the things required to fix it. Think of Social Security, for example. Yeah, we can keep kicking that can down the road. I don't want you to mess with my Social Security checks. But uh, for that next group of folks, you can fix it after I don't have to have it anymore. You can't blame somebody who paid into the system their entire life to expect to get what they've been promised. But at the same token, you just need to hold the politicians accountable that broke the promise. Instead of making somebody else foot that bill when they're not going to get what they've been promised. Anyway, Trump's remarks about staying in the race, never going to walk away, never going to quit... They, of course, came after the federal grand jury of the Southern District of Florida returned that 49-page indictment against the former president, charging the orange man who's bad with 37 counts, with 31 of those counts being the willful retention of national defense information. Other counts included conspiracy to obstruct justice, corruptly concealing documents or records, and making false statements, which is a way of life in D.C. I don't know why they would expect that to change just because he went back to Florida. Anyway, Trump, speaking to Politico in an interview, said, I'll never leave. Look, if I would have left, I would have left prior to the original race in 2016. That was a rough one. In theory, that was not doable. Trump also said that he believes he will not be convicted and does not plan on taking a plea deal, but 
seemed to believe that he might get a deal where they pay me some damages. <laughs> Quoting it there, of course. Now, no trial date's been set. We've already mentioned that. But the case has been assigned to the U.S. District Judge Cannon, a Trump appointee to the Southern District of Florida bench back in 2020. We've already mentioned that. He's scheduled, scheduled to appear this coming Tuesday. We've already mentioned that. Should be interesting. Special Counsel Jack Smith, during a press conference on Friday, said that the former president will get a speedy trial. Even with a speedy trial, this is going to be a mess. They want to promise you a speedy trial because they want you to think that they're not trying to engage in campaign interference, in election interference. That is what they are doing. Donald Trump says, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to quit. It's that fighting spirit that has made Donald Trump so popular amongst the people that are firmly in his camp. It's that fighting spirit that makes him the guy to go fight the swamp. But it's also that fighting spirit that has led him to be a little more egotistical than he should be on occasions. And that could end up hurting him in the race against Ron DeSantis. Right now, statistically, it looks like he's far and away the top guy. But the race is really just now starting in earnest. And Ron DeSantis is already catching up with significant numbers in a short amount of time. And he was already way ahead on fundraising. We mentioned back at the top of the first hour, one of those quick news notes, that uh, Ron DeSantis got his first fellow Republican governor endorsement. Current governor of Oklahoma. Now, stuff like that typically doesn't matter a whole lot. Not really. It might help them later on get a spot in an administration, if that's what they're angling for. But that's really about all it does is say, oh, well, I'm part of this club. I'm part of Team DeSantis. Well, good for you. Now, the one thing that could happen is Donald Trump does get convicted and then there's major civil unrest. Why? Because there will be lots of protests on the street and because Antifa will show up to counter-protest. And once the counter-protest starts and they begin committing acts of violence, well, there's only so much of that that the rest of us are going to put up with. And if law enforcement has their hands tied behind their backs by Democratic politicians at all levels of different government, what option do we have left? Well, the best bet for you, whether you're going to be actively involved or if you're just going to try to stay out of harm's way, is to be prepared either way. And the best way to be prepared is to go see our friends over at 4Patriots.com. That's it. I'm not going to try to sell you one of their solar backup generators. Not going to try to sell you on water purification. Not going to try to sell you on their survival food kits because all those things sell themselves. Just visit the site, see what they have to offer, 
and you too will be on your way to being prepared for the worst life has to throw at you. Whether it's natural disasters, freakish sudden storms that knock the power out for days instead of just hours, whatever it may be, even that dreaded civil unrest that seems more and more likely with each passing day, just be prepared. So again, visit our friends at 4patriots.com. That's the number 4, patriots.com. And don't forget to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. Save yourself 10% on your order. Why would you not want to do that? Uh, that would just be silly not to. All right. With that being said, let me take a peek again. Do we... We just did this for a reset, but I probably... Should try to get the second hour a little closer to the regular schedule. So let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break right about now, if that's okay with you guys. I would really like to get that squared away, because I hate being off schedule. I hate it. It's not fair to you guys. Anyway, you guys uh, stay put. I'll be right back. I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Since just after the Revolutionary War, there have been those seeking to kick God and the Bible out of society. In 1844, Supreme Court Justice Joseph Story upheld the use of the Bible as a tool for teaching in government schools. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, in this Vidal versus Gerard case, Mr. Gerard's will permitted the teaching of the Christian faith, just not by members of the clergy. Justice Story's opinion that Gerard's will was not derogatory toward Christianity rested on two determinations. First, a layman was capable of teaching the general principles of Christianity. Second, Gerard's will actually permitted the teaching of the Bible in schools. It was duly noted that the Founding Fathers warned that in order for the United States to become and remain great, her people must be of good moral character. Mr. Gerard clearly understood the importance of teaching students the biblical principles of morality and its general precepts. Whereas can the purest principles of morality be learned so perfectly as from the Bible? Where are benevolence, the love of truth, sobriety, and industry, superior intellectual development, be so powerfully and irresistibly inculcated as in the Bible? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, 
there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hi, this is Rod Eccles, and you're listening to Tap Into the Truth with Tim Tapp. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'd certainly appreciate you being here. Uh, maybe if I go fast enough with this story, I'll have enough time to still meet the two-hour mark. Let's see what happens. Okay, uh, before we get to this story, however, I do need to talk to you about uh, our sponsors. First and foremost, uh, let me talk to you one last time. And this this is literally the last time, unless something drastic happens and they reach out and decide to renew uh, after some big push weekend, which... I don't think that's likely to happen because I don't know that this was even the best fit for most of this audience, but we are talking about Gold Co. Now, a lot of you folks are either uh, already in retirement or you're planning on your retirement in a very different fashion than the traditional based on the age demographics of the average listener to the show. And I get that. 
And, you know, that's that's one of those things that just happens. But here's the deal. If you have a traditional IRA that you are using to build wealth as you head towards retirement, then given where the current economy is, you really, really should take a very long, hard and serious look at moving at least some of that uh, IRA savings into the gold and silver and other precious metals scenario. Uh, the law allows you to do that. It's a great hedge against inflation. As the value of the dollar goes down, normally the value of precious metals goes up. So your wealth is protected. And Gold Co. has been doing that for a lot of folks for a long time now. Uh, tremendous reviews great program and even though their relationship as a sponsor with the show is coming to an end today being the very last day that i'm going to be talking to you about them it doesn't bring an end to your need to protect that wealth and i honestly believe in gold coal's ability to be a valuable tool in helping you to preserve that wealth so I don't know how long the links will work, but there will be a link in the show description that does exactly that. It will take you to get their free wealth protection kit. You can take a look at it. It's just information. Having that information never hurts anything. Also, if you want to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver, give them a call at 855 387 2932. Make that call sooner rather than later because otherwise I'm afraid you're going to forget. Now, granted, in the podcast, you can listen to this years after the fact. That number will probably be assigned to somebody else by then. Uh, hopefully, the nation will still be standing and retirement will still be a thing. Uh, if the Democrats have their way, maybe not. So let's stand together, stand firm, and fight for those things too. Uh, but in the short run, it's best if we go on acting as if, uh, as Nick Fury said in the Avengers, we're uh, going to proceed as though the world intends to keep on spinning. And that's usually a pretty good idea. Prepare for the worst, but be prepared for everything. One last time, for the absolute last time, give Gold Co. a call. 855-387-2932. All right, and... Uh, before we get into this next topic, let me go ahead and remind you fine folks that you can get a $50 automatic discount at Vanish Holsters by simply using the website www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, because if you're like me, a gun owner that has in the past gotten a holster that was so uncomfortable that we stopped carrying our gun then we're in a bad spot if that terrible, terrible moment should occur where we have to defend ourselves or protect our family or our neighbors. If we don't have our firearms on us when that moment arrives, we are at a tremendous disadvantage. So the best thing to do is to get a holster that is super comfortable. And according to thousands of customers that already have Vanish holsters, that's them. Vanish Holster, they are, according to thousands of their customers, the most comfortable holster ever. Period. End of discussion. Bar none. Hands down. That. Plus, they can save you money because their holsters are designed to, to work for nearly 99% of semi-automatic handguns. They let you carry two additional full magazines. And it's designed to work without 
a tactical harness. So you you get to, to just carry that hidden expense of the tactical harness. You, do, you don't have to have that to work with the belt here. Tactical belt's not the issue. And, uh, oh, yeah, also designed to let you carry in multiple positions. Going back to that most comfortable holster ever bit, there's literally no downside to the Vanish holster if you are a gun owner that wants to carry more frequently. Uh, and if you're not a gun owner that wants to carry more, why are you a gun owner? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's the point then? Oh, I occasionally like to sports shoot. Okay, settle down there, sports guy. Trust me, this this is a great product. And all I'm asking you to do is to go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And the reason why I want you to use the backslash T-A-P-P is, number one, I want them to know that I sent you. Because even if you don't make a purchase, at least they know they're getting a fair amount of traffic from here. But if you decide to make a purchase while you're there, by using that site, you went and got yourself a $50 discount right off the bat. That's nothing to sneeze at. Okay, okay, enough of me trying to sell you stuff. Let's get to the story so we can try to get here. I, I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that we're probably going to have at least a little bit of overtime on today's show. So I hope you'll bear with me. Anyway, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that the Energy Secretary, Jennifer uh, Granholm, she has disclosed earlier this week that she, in fact, did own individual stocks, contradicting testimony that she had given previously from the uh, from the Biden administration. Uh, not just her, but other members of the administration had said so. Granholm said in a Friday letter that she discovered last month that she had owned individual stocks, contrary to what she testified back in April 20th. In the letter, she told the Senate Energy and National Resources Committee that the individual stocks she had owned were non-conflicting, but that she had divested from them last month to uh, match her testimony. So, in other words, she gave the testimony, and then she went and did what she said, not said what she had been doing. Um, because, hand in the cookie jar, maybe? Now, before I go any further, I do want to offer up this disclaimer. It is entirely possible that maybe she doesn't handle, on a day-to-day -day basis, her personal investments. Maybe she's hired somebody for that. Maybe she had instructed them to divest from individual stocks and move into funds, exchange-traded funds. Uh, so, And in a blind trust kind of fashion, the way you would expect someone in her position to be doing and it is entirely possible that maybe these are stocks that were non-conflicting with their job. Maybe they didn't have anything to do with the energy sector at all. That's very realistic, except for the fact that all other industries are affected by the energy sector. All of them. There is not a single industry in which you can own stock in that is not affected by the energy sector industry. Cheap, reliable, abundant energy is the key to any successful economy. Because that means 
It requires less expense to have enough energy to produce and manufacture whatever you're doing. It requires less money to facilitate the movement of your product into the marketplace. It allows you to then spend less money on payroll because your employees do not have to put forth the same expenses in order to get back and forth to work each day and to live. So it affects the cost of living for your employees. So you actually can pay people a competitive, reasonable wage that doesn't have to be through the roof. It affects quality of life all across the board. So I will make that distinction. That is important. It does have an effect. And unless we know exactly which stocks these are, we really can't tell if it's a conflicting stock or not, right? I mean, on the outset, it may look like it's a completely unrelated industry, but there may be connections that unless you're in the industry, you don't realize are there. But, I mean, good for her for finding it and admitting it and correcting it, as we're being told, if all that actually happened. She then actually kind of switched over. She said that her husband had owned a little under $2,500 worth of shares in Ford, something that she also said she did not know. Now, the Ford shares were subsequently sold off. Hmm, I wonder if this was right before their little dip. Hmm, I think the timing of this announcement would have placed it when it did kind of spike up there for just a little bit. Uh, Ford is a stock that I normally do keep a close eye on because at one point in time, I did own uh, some shares. I uh, was forced to liquidate a, a major portion of my uh, stock portfolio uh, at a point in time, and I never did reinvest at that point just because, well, not in Ford, for multiple reasons having to do with governmental regulations more than anything. And the only thing that's kept me from getting back into Ford since then is the fact that they, too, seem to be overly engaged in pushing towards electric rather than, you know, building the vehicles their customers actually want. Anyway, quoting from our beloved secretary, as a public servant, I take every serious, I'm sorry, I take very, not every, why did I say every? <laughs> Let me restart. As a public servant, I take very seriously the commitment to hold myself to the highest ethical standards. And I regret the accidental omission of my spouse's interest in Ford. This is a commitment I made to you, the president and most importantly, the American people. Okay, uh, when she says made to you, it wasn't that the American people she was addressing? I'm just asking a little bit of clarification because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Now, the letter says that she owns stock in six individual companies, something she had not previously told lawmakers. She said that the specific companies will be detailed in a later filing uh, this month. So 
we'll get to find out then. I'm quite certain they're hoping that we will all lose interest. Oh yeah, that's old news. Why are we talking about that now? And usually they pull that kind of a stunt when there actually is something to see. I mean, how many times have we seen this game be played, right? Oh, well, you know, uh, that's nothing. Uh, that's not real. That's not a thing. Oh, well, we still don't know the details. We don't know how big of a thing it is. It's probably nothing. And she's corrected it, so obviously she cares more about doing the right thing. Uh, and then when we find out what was actually happening, well, you know, we've known about that for some time. That's old news. Why are you bringing it back up? I mean, you could almost just do a fill-in-the-blank Mad Lib, and uh, it works for almost every scandal that, well, <laughs> the last several administrations, both with a D and an R, uh, have had. You, you could you can see them playing this game. Typically, the media doesn't go along with it if there's an R at the end of their name, but they love playing it uh, going along with the game when the D is there at the end. Anyway, continuing back to her quote, my spouse and I have double-checked our financial assets, and there are no other reportable assets that were omitted from my financial disclosure report. So, no more reportable assets? So, <laughs> that's the way these laws are set up now. That leaves a whole lot of stuff that's not technically reportable that would probably raise an eyebrow. I mean, how many of you have been concerned about Justice Thomas and his trips with his friends? I, the, the left has absolutely lost their minds about it. Uh, AOC out there demanding that he be impeached over it when, according to the rules that existed and probably should continue to exist, but uh, the Dems are working to try and change it. We'll see what happens. The rules that existed previous to this little we're out to get the most conservative justice left on the Supreme Court. That was completely okay. It wasn't required to be reported because they didn't have any business in front of the court. And at this point, there was no reason for us to even put to the test whether or not Justice Thomas would recuse himself from a hearing involving this guy or not because he's not had any business in front of the court. Oh, but he's a, a mega donor for the Republicans, so, you know, he's buying, he's buying nothing. He's a guy with money. He likes to spend it. He likes to spend it on his friends. Justice Thompson happens to be one of his friends. <laughs> if that becomes illegal, then, you know, anybody with money can just, you're not allowed to have friends anymore. Period. Doesn't matter. <laughs> now, is this the end of this story? No, no. Her disclosure was, of course, criticized uh, by members of the Senate, uh, in particular, uh, John Brasario, a Republican from, uh, from Wyoming, who happens to sit on the Senate Energy Committee. He was kind of unhappy, I think, is a diplomatic way of putting it. He said that uh, Secretary Granholm, Granholm, lied to the committee about her family's stocks, which technically is true, maybe. I, again, the secretary does seem to be the kind of person 
that is heavily invested. Okay? Uh, wealthy enough to understand the only way to become wealthier is to be able to move and maneuver in the market. Uh, that's uh, an avenue that the wealthiest Americans have been taking for a long time. It hasn't been until relatively recently that that playing field has been even by online brokerage houses like E-Trade and uh, various others that I'm not going to go down the list to mention. They've even the playing field. So now average Americans can get in on that action some too. And that's been good for some of the businesses. But still, if you're going to make serious money in the stock market, you have to have serious money there. So again, I say all this to say it is entirely possible, especially if they hire somebody to take care of that for them, overseeing their portfolio. It is entirely possible that she thought, honestly believed that that was the case, that that was the truth. And to use the word lie, it's important that we understand that in order to be lying, you have to willfully and knowingly tell a mistruth. You're not lying if you honestly thought what you're telling somebody is the truth. You were mistaken, but you weren't lying. It's okay to be misinformed and to share misinformation if you honestly believe it's the truth. It's possible. Notice the emphasis on possible. That, that may be what happened here. It, it may actually be. And I don't like having to take up for anybody that's associated with this administration. Especially somebody that's trying to destroy the energy sector of this country. Which is the fundamental basic building block of the strongest economy ever, and we've got to get it going again. This chick is not the person to be in charge. So just coming out and saying that she lied might be an overreaction. Maybe. But the senator said that she lied to the committee about her family's stock holdings. This comes after her failure to follow basic ethics and disclosure rules. This is a troubling pattern. It is unacceptable. Now, when you put it in the context of the other things that have happened, maybe she's not deserving of that benefit of the doubt that I keep pointing out. That's for you to decide. You decide if you're going to give her the benefit of the doubt or not. I'm just saying it is possible. <clears throat> she has, of course, come under fire for her stocks in the past. Uh, CNBC reported back in January 2022 that she had violated a stock disclosure law nine times in 2021. The reported violations included stock sales that were not disclosed within the 45-day time period that's required. The stock trading of government officials has come under increased scrutiny recently. That's even gotten bipartisan support at putting an end to government officials and elected office holders being able to hold individual stock at all. And I have to say that might be the first bipartisan thing that, if done properly, I could really support. But still, 
they'll find a way to make it not a good thing, so we had to keep an eye out. But some lawmakers have been looking to prohibit it completely, especially for elected lawmakers, uh, just to not be able to buy and sell individual stocks while they hold the office. I think that's a good thing. I think that's important. I also think that I've spent way too much time talking about this. So, what we'll end up having to do is go into overtime because there's no way. I've got two more stories that I wanted to get to, and there's no way I'm ending today without talking about at least one of them. So, we'll do a little bit of a reset as we slide into overtime. Now, it's not going to be like last weekend where we ended up doing a double show. But we will do some overtime. But before we uh, reset again, I need to tell you about our good friends over at uh, at our uh, Native Path. Native Path. A new sponsor. So give me a moment while I'm pulling the stuff up. They are a new sponsor. And I'm excited to have them. I am. Because when it comes to health uh, supplements... A lot of folks are out there trying to sell you their own thing. Native Path has some quality products. And like I mentioned, I, I ordered, did not get free samples. They didn't send me the free stuff. I ordered some stuff. Uh, I'm already feeling some uh, some better. Uh, I'm uh, associating it with them. We'll know better uh, here in another couple of weeks. But uh, I've got some joint issues that are feeling a little bit better. I also got uh, some. I ordered three bottles. Okay. I uh, got one for my mom, who's been having a myriad of health issues recently, and got one for my wife. And what I'm planning on doing as we continue down this path together is telling you what our individual results are being, and then if we decide to reorder, I'm going to tell you that. Even if they stay a sponsor, and I'm telling you, well, you know, we went a couple of weeks in, I'm feeling a little better, and now we've kind of plateaued. But it's still better, because I'm feeling better. Uh, my wife, she hasn't really said too much yet. Uh, my mother has actually caught a bit of a late spring cold. <laughs> and I don't think she's been taking the supplement like she's supposed to. But we will we'll get things squared away there. But here's the thing. If you're out there right now and you're worried about your heart health, if you're worried about your memory or even just swollen, achy joints. We're talking about an Antarctic krill supplement here that could help put an end to issues with all three. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation and swelling, which is what leads to joint pain. And right now, there's no better time to try it for yourself. Find out if it's going to work for you. Just go to fixswollenfeet.com. It's a heck of a domain name there. Fixswollenfeet.com to get 58% off. Now, again, that's kind of an odd number. I think they want it to stick out for that reason. You get 58% off Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill oil is pure. It's a Effective and it's easily absorbed by the body. It contains a potent antioxidant that helps further reduce inflammation and swelling. And again, a quick reminder for a limited time, 
You can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. I'll spell it out again just because I did it a couple of times back in the first hour. And www.fixswollenfeet.com. FixSwollenFeet.com. I'm going to chuckle every time I say that. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> Fix those swollen feet. Do it right with Quirrell Oil. All right, let's reset the hour, and we'll go into overtime. Uh, don't leave. I'll be right back. Switch just above the gun. Hear the wind cross the plain. There is no fear that I must contain. And I'm in the eye of the hurricane. I see the sweat. Across his brow, I'm poised to draw in eternal now. The fastest one is the one who's slain. I still stand, got the better aim. And I'm in the eye of the Nah. 
Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out a roll down window, my old truck shines like a brand new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free and lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, real cool kind of hot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and each and every one of you is a real cool kind of hot, too. Uh, that's uh, Derek Johnson, country music star and leader of the 1776 Nation Project. And I've heard a wide variety of descriptions of that man, but I'll tell you this much. I don't care whatever you think about his politics. He's a damn fine country singer. And uh, glad to have had him on. Uh, quite honestly, uh, we take all kinds here. Uh, freedom of speech even means speech that maybe you don't necessarily agree with. And so there you have it. Uh, anyway, let's get to it. I mentioned on the Friday Night Live show that I really planned on talking about this particular story on Friday night. And then I basically promised that I would definitely talk about it today. So I'm definitely going to talk about it today. Could not let this broadcast go by without talking about it. The thing is, all of next week, there's going to be a ton of people talking about this. So this is one of these situations where rather than stories that's not getting enough coverage, this is a story that I'm trying to get out ahead of the curve. And that's what kind of gives me advantage of having a Friday night show is that a lot of the stuff, that a lot of the podcasters and radio talk show hosts, they've already shut down for the weekend. They're not doing the thing. Some of them will be doing their side uh, hustle podcast that's separate from the radio shows. And, and here I am. I get to be radio show and podcasting, doing the live broadcast on Friday, and we get ahead of the curve. So even when I'm here with you guys on Sunday, I'm normally out front with a lot of this stuff. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of folks talking about this on Monday through Wednesday, and then it's probably going to die down because it is just another California story. That's the problem with what's going on in California. So, guys, cut it out out there. Okay, so recently, a California bill was amended to classify not affirming a child's gender identity by one or both parents as being legally considered child abuse. AB 957 was introduced into the California legislature by Assemblymember Lori Wilson, a state senator, I'm sorry, and a state senator, Scott Weiner. We talked about Scott Weiner before. He's a Democrat from San Francisco. The bill rewrites much of the state's family law and classifies a parent's affirmation of a child's gender identity as part of the health, safety, and welfare of the child. Let me say that again. It's important. Pay attention here, guys. 
It rewrites a lot of the state's family law. It's making changes across the board that no longer seems to put family as the most important part of family law. But it would now classify a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity as part of the health, safety, and welfare of the child, meaning that it is now officially child abuse to have a seven-year-old say, oh, look at me, daddy, I'm a little girl, even though he's a little boy. And for the father to say, dang, son, get out of that dress. All of a sudden now, you're guilty of child abuse in the state of California as far as the law is concerned. Well, that doesn't really seem to be... Well, it does seem to be a pretty California thing to do uh, with the current crop of Democrats that are currently running the state. But it doesn't seem to be very indicative of, you know, actual health, safety, and welfare of a child. Ordinarily, you want that to actually mean the health and safety and welfare of the child, not some leftist gender identity politic agenda being hoisted down upon parents because of fear that they may go to jail or they may have their child taken from them. Now, the, the bill amends Section 3011 of the Family Code, which deals with child custody disputes and requires that a court determining the best interest of the child must, in fact, consider. No longer is it an option for the judge. Now the judge must consider affirmation of transgender identity. Regardless of the age of the child, regardless of the authenticity of that transgender identity, just if you get the child to show up in court and say, uh, hmm, uh, Mom and Dad, they think I'm a girl, but I'm really a guy. Well, both mom and dad are ignoring your gender identity. Yeah. Yeah, they are. It's just not fair. <laughs> well, the court has no choice but to now treat both those parents as child abusers. If this bill becomes law. Hopefully, the people of California will smack this down. There's only one way to do it. you got to get the attention of those lawmakers. Make sure they feel the political pain of a lot of public pushback. That's what's going to keep this from becoming a ridiculously huge deal. It must be stopped. Okay, so, if a parent were to deny the child's gender identity, in quotes, it would be a violation of the child's health, safety, and welfare, equivalent to child abuse. This is how it is literally written in this amendment. Because the bill changes the definition of what constitutes the health, safety, and welfare of a child, any organization interacting with children, including schools, churches, and hospitals, would also be required to affirm gender transitions in minors. No more room for conscientious objections. No more room for religious exemptions. No more room for the biological necessity in order to treat a patient 
being dealing with actual facts. It's like you can't come in here being a biological female, claiming to be a male, and expect me to be able to treat you like a male for abdominal pain when the pain is being caused for a strictly female biological issue. But no, 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 I, that's that's not something the doctors are allowed to say. It's not something the nurses are allowed to say. If this becomes the law, schools, churches, and hospitals have to go. It's not just the parents. It's not just, again, annihilating parental rights. It's not just actually doing what is really, truthfully, honestly, in the best interest of the health, safety, and welfare of the child, but engaging in what's in the best interest of the health, safety, and welfare of the leftist political agenda that the children suffer. Now, the Washington Free Beacon reported that Wilson's spokesman disputed the claim that the revisions change anything about the bill and stated that AB 957 relates only to family law, not criminal law. But, but, is that true? Just because you write it to deal with family law? The law is the law, and that means that it's changed across the board. If you are legally redefining what child abuse is, that is a criminal offense as well as a family law offense. So you can deny it all you want, but truthfully, you already know that it does in fact do that. You just don't want to face the backlash before you get a chance to codify it, right? Anyway, quoting here, it's not saying affirmation is the most important factor or determining factor. This from Taylor Wolfork, the spokesman we just talked about. It's one of the many factors that the judge should consider while working out a custody agreement, except we already saw that the wording says, not could, not should, but must. The wording requires it to be a primary factor. So again, the spokesperson, hey, Taylor, why you lying? Well, well we know why you lying. First of all, you work for an elected government official in the state of California. So we know why you're lying. It's your job. Also lying because... Even the folks in California, even the politicians in California are now finding out that you keep messing with the kids, you're going to get some pushback. That is the place where it seems like most Americans are finally drawing the line. It's like, you can be abusive to us. We, we're kind of accustomed to it. We put up with so much crap. But if you start messing with our kids to a point where there's no redeeming them, where you're pushing irreparable, unrepairable, unreversible harm on them, we will stop you. And thank goodness we finally got there. I just wish it hadn't taken this long. I wish so many people didn't have to suffer as much as they've had to. And I really wish that people would get out a little more. 
because we still don't have enough doing it yet. But even in California, they're getting this message. So, uh, Taylor, Mr. Woolfork, or Mrs. Woolfork, I don't know. Taylor's a, a non-binary name. Um, spokesman. I'm assuming guy because they keep referring to him as spokesman instead of spokesperson. You know how most articles when you're reading them, they're, they're so specific about that kind of thing. Anyway, Taylor, we, we know why, but seriously, stop lying. The bill's text is ambiguous and general, making no distinctions regarding the age of the child how long the child has identified as transgender, or the difference between affirming social transitions and more medical-based treatments. Things like sex change treatments, you know, the surgical mutilations and chemical castrations, those things. There's a reason why it's ambiguous. There's a reason why it's general. Now, if we were in the state of Tennessee and we were saying no adult cabaret performances in front of minors, we would be told by a federal judge that that's too broad. It's just not specific enough. Therefore, it's unconstitutional because the enforcement could lead to unfair enforcement. But we won't get a federal judge to say the same thing about this, even though it's clearly intentionally ambiguous, clearly intentionally non-specific, so that it doesn't matter if it's a three-year-old who said one time, I think I'm a girl, when technically it's a biological boy. Well, the judge has to consider it. That's what the law says. But no, no, that's not what we're doing here. We're just trying to protect children that are actually being emotionally abused by their parents. Well, then write that specifically, Mr. Lawmaker, sir. Mrs. Lawmaker, ma'am. Write that. Be specific. Let us know exactly at what point it matters. At what point does a child, a minor child, get to decide if they are in fact transgender? At what point? And I don't want to hear the, well, these children knew at birth. If I hear that one more time, and granted, I haven't been hearing that for about a year and a half now. But I've heard it so many freaking times now. From the from the moment they took them home, they wanted to play with the girl toys instead of the boy toys. No. No, 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 no. There was your choice as to what toys you made available. And that newborn child, that toddler, that even all the way up to five-year-old child probably isn't making the distinction between boy toys and girl toys unless somebody is hammering into their head that, oh, that's for boys, that's for girls. And that's almost illegal now, especially in states like California. So where's that concept really coming from? Oh, yeah, it'd be you guys, the so-called adults in the room, the people that are actually responsible for protecting the children from people like you. Intentionally vague, intentionally ambiguous, so that 
the biggest umbrella possible can be thrown over this to attack parents in parental rights and also attack schools, hospitals, and churches. Now, Nicole Patterson, founder of the law firm and civil rights advocacy group Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, actually condemns AB 957 in an interview with The Daily Signal, saying, quote, if a parent or guardian is unwilling or simply not ready to affirm their seven-year-old's new identity as they transition from SpongeBob to Batman to Dora the Explorer, they can be found guilty of child abuse under AB 957 if it passes into law. This is a horrifying bill for children and for parents and guardians, not just in California, but across the country. Gavin Newsom is gunning for president in 2028, if not sooner, I might add. If he signs this bill into law in California, it will be headed to every state if he wins. State Senator Weiner recently turned heads after inviting Sisto Roma, a member of that anti-Catholic hate group uh, better known in certain drag circles. <clears throat> the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. An anti-Catholic hate group of drag queens. Uh, to be honored at the California Capitol for the most pious, most religious, most holy of holy months on the leftist calendar, Pride Month. He also authored SB 107, making California the first state to establish itself as a sanctuary for transgender treatments for minors. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed that bill into law in September, and we've talked about it here quite a bit. Now, AB 957 easily cleared the state's lower house with 16 mostly Democratic members reframing from voting. The recent changes head to the Senate committee. They'll get their hearing this upcoming week. I mean, what else... What else can we say about this? I'm absolutely appalled. California is trying to set itself up to ignore every other state's law and dictate laws everywhere. They want to be a sanctuary. They want to be able to protect their positions from... Uh, <sighs> What is the word I'm looking for? I was going to say committing because it's criminal, really. But from uh, engaging in telehealth communications with patients in other states in order to provide uh, abortion medication and to provide <sighs> transgender medical treatments like hormone treatments and the like of that. Uh, and to do that for the benefit of Patients that are in states where such things are prohibited or highly restricted. 
They want to allow their doctors to be able to do this in other states and protect their doctors from any legal repercussions that they should, in fact, face if they engage in what is criminal activity in a state in which they are practicing medicine. And whether it's telehealth or not, they don't have to leave the state to be practicing medicine in another state. All they have to do is have a teleconference meeting. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I mean, at what point do we acknowledge this ridiculousness? At what point do we say no mas? California's Democratic leadership is off the rails, and they're completely ignoring the fact that they don't run the country. They don't get to make the decisions for the rest of the country, and they don't get to play legal games around the edges to try to uh, live, give themselves that legal ability. Right now, they're able to get away with it because the Biden administration is happy they're doing it. So they're going to continue to look the other way. They're not going to give a crap about the constitutional crisis that it's creating. They're not going to give a crap, well, mostly because they don't give a crap about the Constitution, but they're also not going to give a crap about how it further frays the binding ties that has kept this nation together either, and that being a respect of one another, whether we agree or not. If we don't agree enough, we don't share that individual community. We go create another community. That's why each state is different, and that's part of what makes this nation so much better than almost any other country out there, because there is such diversity, and because we respect that diversity enough to understand that we build our communities, but we agree on the basic fundamental principles. And as long as a majority of people in California and New York and various other states no longer agree on those basic founding fundamental principles, then disaster looms. It's just that simple. All right, so I said it was just going to be like a short-term overtime. We're almost a half an hour in to overtime, but I will not take that long discussing the last topic. I am going to go ahead and discuss the last topic. Need to. <clears throat> but I need to take a quick little break because I'm getting a tickle in my throat. Guys, don't go anywhere. It's not going to be the regular break, and then we're going to jump into the other uh, topic. Please, stay where you are. Hello, this is Stella Morabito, author of The Weaponization of Loneliness, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Hi, I'm George Sinzer of Firefox News Online Productions, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tap Into the Truth. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Thunder, thunder 
This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to MTAP and Tap Into the Truth. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just All right, that much is true. We would be all fine if they would just leave us alone. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, remind you again about 4patriots.com, uh, where if you go to the number 4patriots.com and then use code TAPP at checkout, you can save yourself 10% on anything in the store because that would take too much time. I, I'm also not going to spend any time telling you about Vanish Holsters right now, that, which evidently is based on the comments of thousands of their customers, the most comfortable holster ever and can save you a ton of money as well because of its versatility uh, because doing so would require me to tell you about visiting www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P in order to place an order and to activate that $50 discount if you were so inclined to do so uh, because, again, you know, it would just take too long. But I am... Going to remind you one more time, though, about our newest sponsor of the show, Native Path. Native Path right now is really pushing their Antarctic krill oil because it's good for you, and they want you to try it. So if you are worried about your heart, your memory, maybe your swollen, achy joints like I am dealing with, uh, then this Antarctic krill oil supplement could help put an end to issues with all three of them so you know if you've got more than one thing going on there guess what it could definitely be helping you it has been shown to support healthy blood pressure circulation brain health as well as reduce inflammation swelling and joint pain you can't go wrong with that and there's no better time to try it for yourself right now just go to and here's why i had to do the whole thing again because i've got to be able to get through this one without chuckling the <laughs> The domain name here is fixswollenfeet.com. <laughs> I, I, I can't help but wonder why they chose Fix Swollen Feet for the Tap Into the Truth podcast. But anyway, that is it. www.fixswollenfeet.com. Fixswollenfeet.com. And uh, the reason there's no better time to try it for yourself is because if you go to that website, you will get a 58% off the Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill is this oil is pure, it's effective, it's easily absorbed by the body, and it contains a potent antioxidant that helps further reduce inflammation and swelling. 
So again, for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. But to do it, you've got to go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Uh, go there today. Uh, let the new sponsors know how much you guys love their support of this show. Uh, or at least let them know that you guys feel like you could use some krill oil because it sounds like it's good for you. Okay, last story of the day, and I promise I will be brief. Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, man. They had a pitcher that just uh, a about a week and a half ago got caught up in controversy because he shared a video talking about Bud Light and uh, Target boycotts. And then he offered an apology. Well, there's a reason why people like myself and other conservative voices out there you've heard keep telling you don't apologize to these folks because the apology is never going to be enough. It never is. You have to have the Maoist struggle session, uh, str <laughs> the Maoist struggle session, and then you have to be disappeared. And now we've gotten to the disappearing part for Anthony Bass. The Toronto Blue Jays have cut the picture just over a week after his very formal, very public apology for sharing a video on social media that encouraged Christians to boycott Bud Light and Target. The decision, of course, was based mostly on performance, but distraction did play a role, according to the Blue Jays manager, Ross Atkins. You know, the guy who's required to co uh, tow the company line in order to keep his job? Yeah. Way to go, Ross. Ross Atkins uh, also said the Bess had previously uh, apologized for sharing the video on Instagram that made a biblical case against spending money to support businesses that are pushing people, particularly children, into darkness. Hmm. So you're not allowed to be a Christian if you work for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you're not allowed to support Christians, even if you may not be one. Uh, you know, there was a time, as a much younger man, where my faith was practically non-existent. Uh, I certainly would not have considered myself to be a Christian. But even then, I firmly believed in the right that Christians have to live their faith. That's something that I've never changed my feelings about. Now, I have, indeed, over the years, developed a closer path with Christ, and that spiritual relationship, it guides a lot of what I say and do these days. Uh, unfortunately, I am still human, and I still make mistakes, and I cannot blame every uh, boneheaded move that I make or every boneheaded phrase that might be uttered at some point in a moment of excited emotional status on uh, the good Lord and his enlightenment and uh, <laughs> my following him because uh, the truth of the matter is that sometimes I kind of go out on my own and usually you can tell that I've done that because my foot is inserted uh, very firmly in my mouth when that happens. But here, it's pretty clear that Anthony is, in fact, a Christian. And all he did was share a video on Instagram. He shared a video. I share material on social media, oftentimes not because I'm in agreement with it but or support it, but because I want you to see what they are saying. 
I want you to decide for yourself. Oftentimes, if I'm sharing news stories, I will take clips from the writing, some of the, the high points, because I know sometimes you'll just see the headline, and I want you to see a little bit more than just the headline to understand what's going on, and I'm hoping it will encourage you to read it, but I don't make a personal comment. Probably about 80% of the time when I share news stories uh, from other sources, I don't make a personal comment. Now, the other 20% of the time, you know it's me because it's pretty obvious it wasn't written by a journalist. It was written by somebody that's pretty hot about the story, angry, agitated. So you can tell. But my point is that not everything is shared, not everything is presented that you share as you showing support for it. So they're still assuming because he is Christian that he was supporting the message. Maybe he was just putting it out there because he wanted other people to know what's being said. Here, be informed. See both sides. Maybe that's all he was not actually taking a side, but wanting to make sure that both sides were available. Now, we know that's not what happened. But the fact that they would just make that assumption, well, that's going to work. The apology was forced out of him because he was trying to keep his job. And now he's lost his job anyway. This is why we say never apologize. Better to walk away with your dignity than to give up your dignity and still be forced out anyway. Of course, the Blue Jays are never going to admit it. They're never going to say, well, you know, we had to cut him loose because he's Christian. Well, they can't say that. We had to cut him loose because he's Christian and he's supporting uh, gospel principles. No, they can't say that either. But that's closer to something they could admit and not face the kind of backlash that they would see otherwise. No, no, they have to say, uh, again, I'm going to quote from Atkins, Ross Atkins, the, the manager of the team. There's a myriad of variables. Performance is usually the driving one, and performance was a large aspect of this decision. Distraction was a small part of it and something we had to factor in. We're trying to build the best possible team we can build. This was a baseball decision to make our team better. Bass did not comment on the video that he shared, but later did release an apology where he said he was sorry for the hurtful video. Quote, I recognize yesterday I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I'm truly sorry for that. That was his hostage video, put out by the Blue Jays, of course. He added, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologized with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself to make better decisions moving forward. The ballpark is for everybody. We include all fans at the ballpark. We want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Again, no comment with the video. He didn't say, hey, these guys have it right. He didn't say, hey, guys, stay the hell away from Target. He didn't say, hey, if you're Christian, you better not uh, buy any Bud Light. He just shared a video 
that made a principled, gospel-based Christian argument for why you shouldn't support these companies, at the very least until they learn their lesson. He just shared the video. And when it came to his hostage video, the only thing that actually rings true is the fact that the ballpark is for everybody, or at least it used to be. It should be. The ballpark, whether you're talking baseball, whether you're talking football, whether you're talking soccer, if you're going on to the freaking court indoors to watch basketball, it doesn't matter what the sport is. It should be for everybody because none of the politics should be involved. That's the reason guys like sports. That's the one reason why some of the women who like sports like sports because it's a chance to escape politics. It's a chance to root for a home team without having to be worried about the color blue or red, unless, of course, that happens to be the team color. It also might be, I don't know, let's say, like the good guys in orange up here in Knoxville. <laughs> Those are my guys and gals. It's a place where politics is not supposed to be a part of what goes on. Same thing with entertainment. Politics is not supposed to be part of entertainment, and they've almost ruined the entirety of Hollywood and the messaging because they're so busy trying to, to cram woke messaging in that they forget to actually tell a good story in the process. I mean, you can get away with throwing in woke messaging if you just tell a good freaking story. People will tolerate more than they should of the woke crap if you just have a good story written around it. But they can't. They can't. They can't. They just can't get there. They, can't, they don't even know how. They're so busy being woke that now they require unqualified people to be the ones writing the story because they have to meet a quota. Are you the best writer available? No, but I'm one of only three transgendered uh, Asian... No, no, they don't like Asians that much. Polynesian, black, uh, non-binary, two-spirit, blue-haired people that are available. Well, let's see. We don't have one of those on the writing staff, and... If we want our movie to be eligible for an Academy Award next year, we have to have two. So you're hired. For God's sake, please write something halfway decent. Will do, boss. That's where we're at. The ballpark should be for everyone. Every team should welcome fans to the ballpark. Fans of the sport. Not worried about things like participation in Pride Month events, not worried about participation in Christian uh, belief uh, night. Uh, none of that should be a factor. This guy tried to very unambiguously, almost anonymously, make a statement standing up for Christian faith. He got smacked down for it because he has a public bill. Now, I haven't followed professional baseball in a long time, so I don't know how good of a pitcher this guy is. And even when I did follow professional baseball, Blue Jays were never one of the teams that I paid much attention to. Uh, like most folks in this part of the country, I was a Braves fan. And uh, I, for a long time in my youth, was a Houston Astros fan. 
I followed the uh, Colorado Rockies for a bit, uh, mostly while Todd Helton was there. Uh, had that University of Tennessee connection. Uh, but, you know, the... I was required to follow uh, the St. Louis Cardinals because that was my dad's favorite team. And all of that ended not far into my 20s because I just, I didn't have a passion for professional baseball. It just, the game was so slow paced for the most part. I, I had a hard time sitting there for hours waiting for somebody to hit a foul ball and everybody get excited in the crowd because it's the first thing that actually happened in a minute. Now, if you're a fan of baseball, you're probably screaming at me right now because I'm not appreciating the subtleties of the pitch counts and the situation. And I get all that. I really do. And I, I don't knock it. It is still the technically the national pastime, right? And there's a reason for that. There are plenty of people that appreciate all that. But it was just never... My thing, all right? It's like the same thing if I had to tell you. I couldn't really follow golf either for many of the same reasons. Now, there's a lot of great golfers out there. There's a lot of occasions where miraculous things have happened. Okay, but that's just the situation. So I, I say all that to say that I don't know if our pitcher friend here if there was a legitimate reason why the team might have already been considering letting him go, maybe the performance was an issue. I, I'm not in a position to know. I suppose it wouldn't take but a few minutes to do the research, to pull it up, to look, see what his most recent stats were, what kind of contributions they've been making to the team. And I'm sure there's a ton of you out there right now that don't have to do the research. You already know. You're great baseball fans, and good for you. Good. I'm glad you can still find the distraction there. We do need some off time away from all this stuff. We also need for me to not turn a two-hour show into a three-hour show because I'm talking about the insanity going on in sports. But here we are. Past the two-hour and 45-minute mark. To shut off early at this point, would be silly. But I've said just about all I have to say on this matter, other than the fact that we're only going to see more of it if we, the consumers of these products, don't continue to send the message. And we need to. The Dodgers need to take a hit, and now the Toronto Blue Jays need to take a hit. And we need to be very clear about why. And we need to be very clear that if there was a legitimate reason for letting this guy uh, go, then so be it. But don't most players, and you know, you guys can correct me, I guess if you get to a certain point, uh, you get those contracts situated and you do whatever, but don't most players, if they're going through a spell where they're not performing where you do, don't they normally just get bounced down to the minors again, back down to triple-A ball, hoping that they can work it up, whatever the issue is, and get them back up to the majors? Isn't that the way that normally goes? I, I would think that that would be a thing still, but 
you know, again, correct me if I'm wrong out there. I know plenty of you that will be reaching out on social media uh, because nothing gets more responses from the listeners than when I start talking about sports. Uh, the, the politics side of it, which is what we focus on most of the time. And some of you say, Oh yeah, that was a really great point you made. Uh, like I did get uh, several positive points for pointing out on Friday's show that the left's definition of racism doesn't hold water period because their argument that black people can't be uh, prejudiced or that minorities of any kind can't be prejudiced against white people because they don't have institutional power, uh, but that all white people are racist, period. Well, I'm sorry, how many white people have institutional authority? How many white people have institutional power? Not very many. And most of the folks that do are the ones that are telling you that they're on your side while they continue to push forth policies, procedures, and protocols that work against minorities and work against majorities and only really seem to work for them. Just throwing that out there. Just evidently, I must be the first person that's made that uh, connection. I don't, I can't believe that's true. I can't believe that nobody else hasn't pointed that out already. It seems like one of those more obvious things, but hey, there's a reason why the guy that made the little tiny umbrella on drinks is rich and uh, other people who said, you know, what would be cool is if we put a little tiny umbrella on top of a drink while they're not rich. Somebody actually went and did it. So maybe everybody else already thought somebody else had said it. I don't know. But at any rate, sometimes I get the kudos. But lots of times I just get a lot of pushback when we talk anything sports. And that's okay. We need the distraction. I'll be happy to talk sports with you. As long as it's a sport I know something about. And again, I just I haven't followed baseball that much. In fact, the most baseball I've followed recently has been collegiate. And it's only been because of the great run that both the Lady Vols had in softball and the, uh, the men's team in baseball have had here and, uh, as they both got deep into the college playoffs getting to the World Series. Uh, obviously, they haven't accomplished that yet. The girls got bounced out the other day. And uh, the most recent game that the guys were supposed to play got uh, put on rain to weather delay. So... I have not, have not kept up. I just haven't. And I don't want to anymore. I just don't. That's what politics and sports have done for me. I don't want to watch sports on television anymore. I would rather freaking play Madden, where I'm controlling the storyline, than to watch sports. And I know a lot of you are probably feeling the same way. I will still watch the one or two teams that I still care about. But I won't just sit down and randomly watch sports anymore. I, I used to be on Saturdays. It was hard to pry me, unless I had to work, it was hard to pry me uh, away from the television uh, during hours that football games were on. And it didn't matter who was playing. I was going to be watching a game. I would find a game to watch. And it took explosives. <laughs> if I needed to go out and do some yard work or something to get me to do it during football time, I would normally either do it early before the game started or it would just have to wait till late. And because I was limited in the channels that were available back in those days, it's not like I could be watching all those West Coast games that come on uber late like we can now. But, but now I don't want to watch all those games anymore. 
because too much politics has seeped into it. We keep ruining it. This guy may have lost his job because they can say performance all they want to. This guy may have lost his job because he shared a video on Instagram without commenting on it. Just shared it. Just attached to his name. That's it. Well, you know, performance was the real reason. Now, it did create a distraction for the team. And we had to consider it. Well, it seems like you considered it awful hard. It's just... It's not right. It's just not right. And at this point, it would be a little early to close down, but gosh dang, guys. <sighs> Three hours. We're almost there. I did play Eye of the Hurricane. First time in a long time I played Eye of the Hurricane here. It's one of Matt Fitzgibbon's great songs. Uh, check out music. Uh, PatriotMusic.com. When you want to ran uh, the little ad that he's got going uh, back in hour one and hour two, so I'm just going to tell you here rather than play it again. But then I'm also going to uh, finish out with a couple of Matt Fitzgibbon songs, other than our usual closeout, which I will then do, and that should fill out the hour so we should have a full three hours but i want to expose you to a little bit more of matt's music uh, and encourage you to visit patriotmusic.com and i want to thank you if you are still listening at this point if you've hung out with me for three freaking hours then you got off easy because last that <laughs> last sunday it was four hours so uh again thank you for being here though i do appreciate it it means a lot to me i, I get the opportunity to get behind this microphone and talk to a huge audience, especially on Friday nights. The numbers that came in on Friday night's live show were huge. And uh, that has a lot to do with the listenership through the K-Star Talk Radio Network and now the addition of ZMA Radio. Uh, lots and lots of new listeners coming from there as well. And, of course, I, I can't not talk about the regular hardcore listenership that has been following this show for years now as part of the last frequency uh, back when uh, the, that particular platform has went through a few different iterations. And uh, all you folks listening uh, out there in Columbia, South Carolina, you know, you're listening to WCETFM. This particular show doesn't uh, typically get rebroadcast. That's why I'm, I play a little loose with the timing. But the, the listenership on the Sunday shows has gone up since the ZMA uh, edition, too. So you guys are going out and finding the shows that you don't get to hear. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's great. I thank you so much. And I'm going to shut up now, I promise. But I will be back uh, later this week. And we will also, don't forget, the, the Friday Night Live show. I don't have guests scheduled other than... Uh, the fact that I have uh, made it clear that I would love to have Ron back on because we had to cut our last visit short, uh, Ron Edwards. But uh, we will be back together at least twice in the coming weeks, so don't go anywhere. We may be adding additional shows soon if uh, more sponsors come online. I may not have much of a choice. I never want to feel like I'm spending all my time talking to you about products rather than talking to you about the issues. Uh, 
All right, let's play those uh, Matt Fitzgibbon songs. I'm going to play a couple of them, and then we're going to close out with our regular Matt Fitzgibbon's outgoing song. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, you know, buckle up tight. This is upcoming week. Looks like it's going to be a bumpy one, especially if you're a Trump fan. <sighs> Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, but most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth.
is using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. 